Welcome to Good Game, your no BS insights for crypto founders. People in crypto are trading based on a single narrative or a couple of narratives. Yeah. We had to jump on inscriptions. Otherwise, we might have faced disruption by some other startup who jumped on it quicker than us. I think basically in crypto, more so than in Web2, you can never rest on your laurels. You mm -hmm. really need to like so how always paranoid be, are you guys? Like <laughs> oh more God. paranoid than I would like to be. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to say what I don't lose sleep over at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but your girlfriend like that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a real problem, right? It's like you're trying to go on a date or something where you're trying to look at a girl, but I think NFT is like market share. It's a problem, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do live in a 24 7 market. 24 7. 24 7. I wake up crypto, I sleep crypto. Looking for your next startup idea in crypto? Check out our request for startups list and get inspired at alliance.xyz forward slash ideas. All right. Welcome to Good Game. Today uh, is Valentine's Day. I feel like we're spending some quality time together here. <laughs> very cozy over here. It's very, very cozy, cozy, especially yeah. you guys yeah, over yeah. there. <laughs> Not a couch just for us. But today's a special episode because we have both the Tensor team and uh, Meow from Jupiter. They came to speak to our founders within the Alliance cohort. We're running our program here in New York. And we figured, why not run a quick podcast session, talk about what's happening on Solana. There's a, I would say many narratives are, are running place, but I'd, I'd love to kind of touch on one, uh, which is points. Um, it seems like people are starting to uh, dislike points or they're just getting overwhelmed with points. You know, you, you start to see startups uh, that don't even have product market fit run points, thinking that they can get their next 10,000 users. But obviously that's not the case, having that you've both ran points programs. So I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the points meta now? Are you bullish, bearish? Um, where do you see it going? I think points, like everything in life, has its place. And yes, I know that's <laughs> very deep. Uh, very deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but in all seriousness, I think if you're pre-product market fit, and the way you find that out is that you don't have even a small number of users that show up to your product daily uh, and re repeatedly, that's really important. I think if you're before product market fit, you shouldn't be thinking about rewards at all, whether that's points or something else. Once you hit product market fit, rewards is just a way for you to take your product for, from like a tiny minority of users that discovered it by themselves to a larger kind of subset of users that are almost like incentivized to try it. But there better be a good product underneath for them to stick around. Because if there's no product, then they're just gonna come and go. And so I think like, the point of the points is to not think about the points too much. It's about building the product and then using rewards to, to drive users to it. Another like practical consideration of points is that there's a lot of flexibility in what you can do with them. As in like once you, let's say, give someone points, um, you at least have some like way to modify it as you sort of experiment with mm -hmm. your rewards program. You know, maybe you notice that a lot of people are doing the wrong things or doing unintended things that didn't want to induce uh, on your product, right? And it gives you the flexibility to change it as you go. At least for us, right? Like we had multiple seasons and we basically had to revamp the entire point system every single season, just because we saw some of like the negative externalities of the way that we formulated the initial points formula that we learned from and adapted in subsequent seasons. And that's like a very powerful optionality you, you get as a founder for using points. 
as opposed to tokens, right? Because tokens are much harder to change in terms yeah. of token economics. It's almost like a, a benefit that they're non-transferable, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can't get rugged. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like tokens are, uh, points are interesting, right? Because um, tokens are, in some sense, very definitive, right? It's like once the token's out there, it's out there, right? You know, whereas for points, as you said, I mentioned earlier, there are many ways you can actually change it and adapt it. Yeah. Um, I guess from a user point of view, um, the frustration becomes like, okay, I do all these things, but I don't know how much, how much I'm getting, right? And actually, I mean, there are, there are many to go about it, right? It's like, you can have a point system or you can have a point system that, denote, that denotes a certain percentage in the protocol, right? You know, or a certain point system with a certain end time, mm -hmm. right? So I feel like um, a big part of it is like, how do you manage attention, right? Because yeah. if, you, if you don't promise anything, Right, I think of two extremes, right? One extreme is that, okay, you don't know how much you're getting, you don't know where it's ending, yeah. you don't know where it's a cap, right? The, 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 other, the other version is, okay, you know exactly how much you're getting, right? Yeah. So one, to one point goes to one token, almost, right? So you know exactly. So it's, I, I feel like, um, I feel like uh, there's no good answer here, but I think communication, yeah. I, I feel like the, the main thing is that, um, combined to what he was saying, right, Ilo was saying, is that I think, can you communicate early on and set expectations? Mm -hmm. Right, you know, and slowly converge into a more concrete um, thing, right? So I feel like that expectation and that convergence is very important, if you ask me, right? Yeah. I think what's driving, obviously, the points meta is the regulatory arbitrage, right? Which is, at least in the US and certain parts of the world, you can't just airdrop tokens to their users. So this is a way to at least save some time so that products, startups can kind of think about what their regulatory strategy is when they're airdropping tokens. And I think that's kind of the fundamental like narrative for founders. But I also think it's a great way to gamify your experience and attract new users. So I do think there's an opportunity to like gamify, keep people engaged and things like that. So do you guys feel the, the points matter is here to stay, let's say six to 12 months from now, or is it being played out? I think six to 12 months, maybe. I do think that two years from now, probably not. Because there's like levels of tiredness. And I think we're kind of itching into the last quartile of tiredness where it's like, okay, like it's getting a little tiresome. And honestly, if I was starting a new product right now, I wouldn't do points. I would do something else. Just find a creative thing. What would thing. you do? I don't know, leaderboards, badges, uh, NFTs, like NFTs that morph, NFTs that change. I think NFTs is this form factor that is infinitely flexible. Like a dynamic do, Yeah, like dynamic stuff, right? Just find interesting things, NFTs that level themselves up. I don't know, like do something different. Do something that people are gonna talk about on CT. I think that's how you win. Tushar from Multicoin, um, I think he tweeted about this. He wrote an article about this, which is um, back in our day, um, you know, you could mine Bitcoin to get Bitcoin, right? And then you had, that was like the fundraising landscape. Then the, the second phase was ICOs, right? And that speculative mania. Then the next phase was NFTs, like buying NFTs early. Now he says it's points. So it could very well be that the meta that you mentioned could change into something more gamified. Um, we just don't know what that is exactly. But I'm sure there's someone that's gonna be cracked that could crack that. I'm gonna take the other side. Okay. I think if you have a good product and you just want some reward structure to like maximize growth or like to increase the rate of growth, I think points are perfectly fine. Because if people are using your product because there's product market fit and it's intrinsically useful. Doesn't matter what kind of like weird gamification, uh, convoluted setup that you can give them. Points are, I think, fine. However, if you're a new startup that hasn't really reached product market fit, 
and you just want to make a big splash with something like novel, something unique, and you want to like also like you know drive a drive a bunch of like distribution mm -hmm. that you don't already have, then yes, you you'll have to think of something else besides points. Um, I think it's all gonna be there. I think I think if you look at um incentives in crypto. It never goes away, right? Every single incentive that happened in the past, still future. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it just becomes more interesting and more fancy and more diversified, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and that's great, I think. You know, right? Yeah. So we'll see everything. Yeah, I mean, we'll we're still see seeing ICOs, no? we'll see people are still right? mining. Like, and even the product market fit thing, right? Sometimes you don't even need product market fit, right? We all know projects that just um you know, launch a. I mean, a, a, no, no, or, yeah. no, or even a like a replica of a different project, right? right? And then just, oh, hey, we have points or we have tokens or something, you know, right? We see that all the time, right? A new L2, a new NFT marketplace, right? I feel that so, never goes well. I feel, if some, I feel that never goes well, though. Like if somebody launches a pure replica with a token versus something that doesn't have a token, like to me, a great example is LooksRare. Copy, paste, open, see, slap on a token, mm -hmm. went to zero because it didn't try to do anything new well, versus Blur and us yeah. that actually tried like a different form factor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, Sushi Shop did it pretty well, I feel like. They well, where's Sushi now though? Huh? Where's Sushi now Yeah, though? I mean, they, they have like maybe 10% market share. Right. So I look they, at the history of uh, all copy pasta in the history of crypto, only one worked and that was Monero. So Monero is actually not the original. There was a, a Monero is actually a fork of another project that uh, and this was like back back in 2013 or something. Um, Monero is the only copy pasta, the only fork that uh, turns out to be the winner. Everything else that forked a previous project has failed. I think if you copy pasta and then you just iterate on new things really quickly, that could also turn out to be a good outcome. But I think like maybe the sushi swap example is bad because I feel like execution was also not as great as Uniswap. Yeah, sushi was the yeah, and so they didn't like take advantage of all the momentum they got initially. They just kind of like, oh, cool. Now we're like fifty percent market share, and they just sat in their hands. They got too decentralized. Um, too many products. Too many products. Uh, like the front end had like ten different products you can choose, whereas so, Uniswap is su super clean. It just they kept it, it the same. They yeah. never really changed mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So that actually goes to something that I feel you start to understand the more time you spend in crypto, and that is the importance of narratives and the importance of keeping them very clean and simple. As a founder, you basically want your product and your company to have one narrative and one True. narrative only. Yeah, It's also the hardest thing to do because you can only pick one. You can't do seven narratives, but the founders that do that, I think do really well. Wouldn't Mel take the other side of this? Because you're launching many products. The best on-chain exchange. The we narrative the, is we simple. We are the best on-chain exchange. That's it. But for Spot and derivatives and Launchpad, yeah, all on-chain Binance. On-chain, on-chain exchange. Yeah, we, okay. we call so, it so to be clear, this is not products. This is yeah. narratives, right? Narratives, so you, you want yeah, one narrative, like for yeah. dancers, like the liquidity layer for NFTs. That's all we're doing. That's the only thing we're doing. You know, I realized with Sushi Swap, um, the reason why I think they failed was the fact that they didn't think from first principles, right? They copied someone else's vision, mm -hmm. and then they kind of put in their own like way that they thought that the product should go. And it obviously fell flat, fell flat. So copying some like another product, fine, but really you got to find the inspiration of understanding what your users want, and you could only do that by building the actual product first. Yeah, for so the most part. Actually, just let me share something here real quick, right? It's the idea of synergy, right? Is that uh, for us anyway, right? I think uh, the the reason why I think we did well is that um, it's too early to tell. You know, <laughs> so so far, okay, so far it's not too bad. Still right? being it's humble. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So far it's not too bad. I, I think the, the the key the key idea here, right, is that synergy. Right, it's like uh, for example, if we went off to do something like uh, completely different, right? I can't tell you what, right? But um, when the user comes to Jupiter, 
right? You know, what, what else is he going to do, right? What else is he going to be interested in, right? Is he going to be interested in sport, in DCA, right? Is he going to be in pubs, right? Is he going to be interested in new projects that are forming, right? And I think yes, right? So there's actually a very, so um, I think a few things, right? First of all, it's narrative, right? I think, I think it's really, really important to have one narrative, right? And for us, it's like, okay, can we build the, the best on-chain exchange possible, Yeah. right? Simple, sharp, to the point, right? And the second thing that we really care about is synergy, right? Okay, hey, when a user comes in, right, would they find everything interesting, right? You know, anything, anything that we don't think a user find interesting is no go for us, mm-hmm. right? And thirdly, it's also team strength, right? You know, like, because again, I'm telling you guys, like, um, building is easy. I'm telling you, right? like, just building new stuff is easy, right? Coding is very easy, right? But building, like, real competency is very hard, right? Like, every single product we build and stuff, oh my God, I'm telling you, like, to get there was really tough. Right, so I think I think a big part is okay. If we do this thing, um, does it leverage on the competencies that we have, right? And secondly, is okay. Is this competency important to us in the future, right? And it, it and it, it it can be very trivial things like, like Cloudflare, you know, or like like RPCs. How do you handle yeah. many RPCs and stuff, right? So I think uh, like like for example, uh, we we did Launchpad, right? Um, we we man, I'm telling you, that was a big decision, right? Instead of launching Juke, we had to build Launchpad. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I think uh, but I think part of at least, um, at least a big part of like what drives the decision was okay. Are the lessons that we learned from doing it is going to be good for us or not, right? You know, are we are, are we we're going to have to massively scale it's like our a rocket, It's like a rocket launch, right? Yeah, precisely, right? It's like how and and is, is it going to kind of add an uh, interesting dynamic to our community, right? You know, so I, I so I, I feel like um yeah, so that's how, that's how I think about it, right? It's like it's in terms of like very um like synergistic narrative, synergistic to users, and synergistic to kind of like um the the team competence, yeah. Add on to that, uh, the way I think about it is, I think like startups and like working on products is a market in itself. Yeah. And if you believe in the efficient market hypothesis, there's probably a better team out there who can do something better, like some other like unrelated product, orthogonal product to your product, um, if there's no synergy, right? Yeah. So for true. us, like hypothetically, let's say we decided to build some sort of token experience, right? Go head on with uh, Mail and, and Jupiter. No, 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 no. Stop leaking the plans. Yeah. Like, yes, we could maybe capture this massive market, which is fungible tokens on Solana. But now we're going up against Mail and his competent team, who has been thinking about this market, thinking about the products around it for more time than we've you know spent working on Tensor. So, sorry, thinking about SPL 22s? Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Actually, to add on to that point, right? It's like, I think... Um, I think anyone that uh, who is new to crypto, right? Uh, they will think of product as like code and UX or maybe markets, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is that there's a, there's a huge component around like ecosystem and community, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, it might surprise you, but like the, the DeFi community and the anti community are very different. They are, they are in the same ecosystem. They, they kind of sort of talk in CT at the same time, but they're very, very different, right? So it's like, even, even if you really kind of understand like DeFi, you don't understand NFTs and vice versa, right? You know, it's actually really interesting. Speculative. By the way, that, that point, like about communities, uh, we had this conversation maybe two years ago, one or I two years that. ago about oh, NFT indeed. options or NFT perps. And the argument we had was, if you draw the diagram of DeFi and NFT people, the intersection is probably too small for a product like this to, to yeah. thrive. Uh, but now things might have changed a little bit. Maybe there's a greater intersection. You guys launched yeah, a... Basically it's different now. So we launched a, a different type of product on top of NFTs, and that's price lock. Okay. Long story short is 
uh, you can long and short NFTs given a certain period of time, right? Uh, within a certain period of time. What's interesting is that we're not trying to appeal to the DeFi folks mm -hmm. who are used to this concept of like longing and shorting like a token or something. We're actually trying to appeal to the NFT crowd who basically have voiced, uh, you know, in, in user feedback sessions that they just want to like be able to ape into Mad Lads or Tensorians uh, with just like two soul, three soul, basically a fraction of what Mad Lads and Tensorians cost. Or they might want to like hedge out their portfolio where they have like a hundred mad lads and they know that perhaps there's an announcement coming up and they want to hedge their downside exposure, right? So we're still appealing to the NFT crowd. It's not really the DeFi crowd at all. So you're building tool sets for NFT traders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. your point about um, competencies is spot on. It's very easy to look at a wallet or to look at a perp exchange or to look at an NFT marketplace and to say, Hey, how hard is that to build? Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like two days of work. And then what you discover is that, yeah, it's two days of work to sh ship the basic most version of that. But then there's a long tail of shit that you have to deal long with of like all kinds of issues that you just, you could not have thought about. And the teams like Jupiter, teams like ours, you know, like Backpack that are building the wallet, they've gone through that. They've built all of that. And that is like super valuable. It's like the number of things can go wrong. <laughs> insane. Long insane, insane, insane. And, 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 and one thing that we really care about is customer service, right? You know, because- It's um, all about customers. Yeah. All about customer service. Like, it's like, it's funny, right? Because um, like what you read and what you can think of is the top end of the tail, right? You know, the, the fat tail, right? You know, mm -hmm. right? But the, 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 the many, the endless number of things that your users deal with, right? is the long tail, right? And, and you know, it's like, and you really need to tackle a big part of the tail, right? You can just leave them alone, right? So I feel like, uh, I, I actually feel like great teams, um, including like Tensor and also Backpack and also like and pretty much all the OG teams, like Camino everyone, right? Margin, everyone. It's like, these are all teams that have spent the last um, two years, Bear market. last two years, right? Really dealing with their long tail shit, right? You know, even when it wasn't quote unquote economically wise, right? And I love that. Guys, isn't it great? Isn't it great that like, um, I mean, obviously we have a lot of competition and everything, right? But we are as a community, right? It's like we, we dealt with it, right? In the, lo the last two years when everyone was like, hey, get off Solana, fuck this shit, you know? <laughs> no, seriously, and Chow is great, Chow is great, right? I can talk about that, I'm single. But I think, um, but, but we, we just like, you know, work through all the issues, right? You know, even when it was like the long tail issues, right? You know, even when it was like economically unfeasible. Yeah, right? sometimes yeah, you're what? solving issues for like three users. Precisely. And, but I you, you like still do it. Know that. It's yeah, so people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but you do it. Uh, yeah. like the number of times we had to fix something for like one guy in Discord. Oh God, so often. It's, it's like yeah. the devil's, devil in the details where the analogy is you can either use an Apple product or you can use like a knockoff uh, copycat Apple product from like China, right? Yes, they're practically speaking almost the same products, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get Apple Care. You're not going to be able to walk into a store and get your knockoff fixed. You're not going to be able to connect it seamlessly with your iPhone. And like, Yes, you get ninety percent of the experience, but it's really that ten percent yeah. that people are paying a premium for. Mm. And you and we will scroll. There's something that twitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, like that, right? yeah. once a day. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because things. when you when you scroll, you scroll like ninety percent of the time, right? And it just like tiny twitch things gets to you. But if it you wasn't know? for them, you know, you wouldn't have a product that's like pristine now at this mm. point, right? It's like the early days, the feedback that mm -hmm. helps you guys to where you are today. I can't emphasize this more, man. I feel like I really feel you, man. It's like yeah. that, like um, it's like that 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 one user, and, and not just that guys, I think one, one it's thing- It's like that actually, one anal user. <laughs> no, no, it's actually really important. Let, 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 let me share something here, right? It's like, um, to all the builders here, right? Anyone, yeah. right? It's like all the users as well, right? It's like, 
the thing is that sometimes um, when you cater to that one user, right, you learn something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh wow! I didn't know that shit broke this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It yeah. really helps you later. Right. You know. <laughs> right. So I feel like I think one thing that we do a lot of is that we just really care about that fucking one user. Yeah. You know. Right. Just really care about that stuff. You know. Yeah. And it's it helps. Much better to have hundred users that love you than ten thousand users that kind of like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And, and I feel like the, the way you get to and remember like uh, for for the last two years, Solana didn't have many users. You know, right? So we had no chance but to yeah. get the hundred. Yeah, 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 all the hundred are in front of you. There was no, there was no thousand, just hundred. Yeah, there's yeah. hundred users. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, it's funny. So we talked about how, at least before, DeFi and NFT communities were separate, right? Uh, and then you're building tool sets that enable NFT traders to make, you know, better decisions. What do you guys think about these two new standards that just came about? Uh, one is. In the Ethereum role or the EVM role, it's the ERC four hundred four or four hundred four, uh, DN four hundred four. The uh, and on the on the Solana side, you have SPL twenty two, right, with Ghost and and a couple other launches. So to me, it seems like they're kind of being blended, right? And so some of the startups like Wasabi on on uh, Ethereum, they're building you know more DeFi like products on top of the fractional token model uh, for these NFT communities. So do you feel like these new standards are novel? Are they you know, here to stay, and what types of products do you see being built because of that? So, I kind of speak from basically the uh, meant mind, like mind maze or idea maze that we went through when thinking about like how do we make trading NFTs more efficient. And I'll give you a very concrete example. We wanted initially to build an order book for N- for NFTs on Solana. TLDR is we looked at uh, Phoenix, we looked at Serum, and we basically like. You could do it in a way, right? That is somewhat user friendly, but not fully user friendly. But there's a lot of trade offs in that, like, if people start spamming your order book with just like a bunch of NFT orders, eventually you'll get filled out and you'll run into a lot of issues. At least in my mind, the only way to solve it was to basically fractionalize NFTs. But there are a lot of downsides of fractionalizing NFTs. Um, if they're not natively, you know, in this uh, ERC-404 or uh, SPL-22 on Solana. The downside is uh, there's this like decoupling between the NFT and the tokens. Yeah. And it's entirely managed by, let's say, a different protocol. So it's not even like the collection never decided to opt into it. It's being fractionalized by some other protocol that built fractionalization. Um, But the benefit of these new standards is someone can opt in and decide on day one that we want this collection to trade as both fungible tokens and NFTs. And what's interesting, at least for us, is maybe we can start to build an order book for NFTs. And what's interesting about an order book for NFTs is uh, you don't get this uh, terrible UX uh, where if you're trying to like sweep a bunch of NFTs at the floor, you just get a bunch of failures because there's no on-chain matching engine. That was that, That's still an issue we're struggling with. Uh, so potentially, this could be an interesting way around that. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting new for- form factor. The one thing I will say is I tend to believe in simplicity, and I think the markets that end up being the largest in the world are the simplest market markets. So to me, that is still the two extremes of it's non-fungible or it's fungible. I think those two markets are going to be by far the largest. Now, is there a really interesting market in the middle that is starting to form? And are there going to be really interesting new use cases that we discovered this year? Yeah, like absolutely. And I think Tensor is there to, you know, experiment and 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 try and, and discover them. Um, but I think like ten years from now, I still think the barbell of like fungible non fungible is going to be the largest markets. 
Sometimes the media can be really big, right? Like you tokens, you know, right? It's like um, like Panda, right? Yeah. Like Panda is like, I mean, Panda is like interesting because they they take a token and they take staking and they say, okay, can we take nice. the U out of it? Yeah. Can we tokenize the U of that, right? You know, so a Panda um, token, right? On yeah, the, the Panda, like yeah. everything, right? So it's like, uh, and can like can can you create AMMs or markers of this U, right? So I feel like um, sometimes I know I agree with you. By the way, I, I think I think the, the biggest one are still going to be fungible, non fungible, right? But I think if those two become big enough, right, then in a middle, then interesting things happen. You know, yeah. There is a meta point uh, about this, which is uh, I know a lot of some of the best founders that we work with see four four as an opportunity to uh, to take advantage of and possibly dethrone the bigger players. So and and in crypto, there's or in just maybe in tech in general, there's constantly these new things that just pop up out of nowhere that create opportunities for founders um, to, to take advantage of, right? In your experience, just building the last three years, have you observed such um, new things that come out of nowhere that, that people have uh, to take advantage of or your per you personally have taken advantage of? Yeah, this is, uh, so we talked about this during the talk, right? Finding your wedge as a startup, who doesn't already have overwhelming market share in your category, you have to find something that is differentiated, that is so different that the incumbents are not doing. Uh, for us, we've actually encountered this a couple of times on Solana, just with NFTs uh, themselves. And those are like new standards mm -hmm. or even like inscriptions on Solana. So, you know, taking a step back, there was basically a whole movement of taking the idea of inscriptions and ordinals from Bitcoin and copy pasting it to every other chain. It makes no sense uh, intuitively, like why someone would do inscriptions on Solana, because it's not like, on, on Bitcoin, it's the only way to do NFTs. On Solana, it's not the only way to do NFTs. You can do it much more efficiently. That being said, people latch onto that narrative. So going back to the idea that people in crypto are trading based on a single narrative or a couple of narratives, yep. we had to jump on inscriptions Otherwise, we might have faced disruption by some other startup who jumped on it quicker than us. I think basically in crypto, more so than in Web2, you can never rest on your laurels. You mm -hmm. really need to like so how always paranoid be. are you guys? Like <laughs> oh more God. paranoid than I would like to be. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to say what I don't lose sleep over at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but your girlfriend like that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a real problem, right? It's like you're trying to go on a date or something where you're trying to look at a girl, but I think NFT is like market share. It's, it's a problem, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do live in a 24-7 market. 24-7. Yeah. 24-7. I wake up crypto. I sleep crypto. My biggest moment for me when I realized that crypto doesn't sleep was the one inch I, I dropped and stuff like in Christmas, like two weeks back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was like funny. I was like, yeah. oh, the Christmas, yay, break. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the D-Gods last Christmas, right? Do you remember that? The D-Gods transitioned to a different chain that took over CT. Oh, for the yeah. That, like, that was the bottom. That was, that the, was bottom. the bottom. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. bottom. Oh, my God. Such a great bottom, though. Yeah. That's, that's so much Well, fun. I mean, he's permanently, D-Gods, Frank is permanently like, like it's really hard for him to come back to Solana, it seems. He, he, I heard he's trying yeah. to come back. Kind of. Thanks for listening to Good Game. We wanted to take a quick moment for a short new segment, Crypto Startup Stories where we spotlight founders who went through the Alliance Accelerator. Today, we're focusing on the startups shaping the Solana ecosystem, like Jupiter and Tensor. So without further ado, let's hear from Daniel Perret, the founder of Flexland. Daniel, what are you building? We're building Flexland. It's a tool to make DeFi much easier and less time consuming for people. 
Uh, essentially, we've aggregated all the lending apps on Solana and allow you to lend from one place. We're going to move your funds around so that you're always earning as much as you can. Great. How did you uh, come up with the idea? User feedback. So we had originally started building a different product called Lulo. That one didn't go as great as we wanted, but it did generate a lot of feedback and a lot of touch points with people. And slowly, we collected a lot of feedback. We saw a lot of patterns, and that's how Flexlum was born. It's essentially a product built 100% based off user feedback. Did you reach out to the customers to get feedback? What was the process like? So early on, we used the communities my founder, my co-founder and I were part of. So, you know, I would reach out to every community I was part of, an NFT group, a trading group, a DeFi group, and try to get two or three people from each group to try out the product and become early users. Um, And that's kind of how we got our first like 50 people to try it out. Um, And from there, you kind of see what groups they're part of and try to go deeper into those groups and that's kind of how we did it, spider web style. What's one piece of advice that you give to founders that are building the space? Yeah, I'd say don't forget to live. It sounds a little like uh, cliche, but I think I see personally as a founder, like a lot of hustle content that's maybe targeted to me. And I don't really agree with it. I think it's important to take care of your body. It's important to take care of your mind. It's important to have hobbies. It's important to develop yourself as a person because you know, you're going to be working on this for five years or more. So regardless if it succeeds or if it fails, if you're not enjoying the time, if you don't come out of it as a better person holistically, then I think it's a losing proposition. So I don't really think sitting at the computer 16 hours a day is is the way to go about it. I think you need to carve out time for for other activities and other things and and to take care of yourself. In terms of Flexland, um, how is the momentum going? You um, got the feedback with Lulo and then you built an aggregator you talk to customers, you did a spider web effect of getting users to give you feedback. You use that feedback as a way to enhance your product, which is Flexland. Now you're a flex, you're an aggregator and uh, you know, you're aggregating lending across all of Solana DeFi. And I guess how's the usage been? And maybe if you could describe in, in one or two sentences of the value proposition of Flexland and why people should use it. You know, I used to think f- user feedback was a part of early stage startups. I now think it is the only thing that matters because at the beginning, you, you should be just optimizing for generating feedback as much as you can. And once you build something people actually want, which is based on feedback, growth is not easy, but it's much easier. So Flexon has definitely grown a lot faster than Lulo has. We get a lot more positive feedback. We get a lot more like organic usage and people like really like feeling like they're solving an issue when they use it. So that's really exciting to see. I think the, the growth like confirms, like you don't actually know what you, what you should build just based on instinct. You really have to listen to people. It's the only way to do it right. So I think from here it's, you know, there's more product market fit. So now the user feedback also becomes more focused on the product and like how to make it better rather than like being very sporadic, which is kind of how it feels when you don't have product market fit. The feedback is from all over the place. And so. The quality of feedback also changes as you get closer to something people want. And why should people use Flexland today? If you don't want to spend hours a day optimizing your lending and you want to earn really, really good rates on USDC specifically and stable coins, then Flexland is definitely the product for you. Great. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Imran. So... You know, SPL 22 was an interesting kind of like wedge that that we're seeing, and we'll see what types of products are being built. But uh, actually, but, sorry, can I just yeah, come please, in real quick. It's like, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know Frank, 
but uh, I, I'm just amazed that the community he has built, you know, right? He has it's a good like, community. It's like- I actually um, don't think Frank is a bad guy. I think people overdo it. I, I think he tried some shit. He learned some shit. And, uh, you know, but, some things worked, something didn't. Like, did he make a bunch of mistakes? Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I still think he- Yeah, I think the meta point is, maybe maybe it's because, like, everything is so, like, everyone on tw like, in crypto Twitter is so, like, connected. Mm. And so there's this, like, uh, like, like, these extreme feedback loops where people just, like, pile on people because it's fun too and it's yeah. entertainment. Well, um, and competition also, right? Right, exactly. Like everyone is just talking, like competition is talking to each other yeah. at light speed. And I think like in crypto, like realistically, all of these projects, these NFT founders, they're basically doing startups. They are. And if you take like Web2 startup metrics, 90% of these guys will fail just by statistics, right? But CT expects everyone to execute perfectly mm -hmm. and to not make any mistakes which is not the case. If you're trying to build something innovative, if you're trying to like start this like brand new Web3 community, you're going to make a ton of mistakes along the way. And you can't fault, fault a guy for no. ending up like deciding to take this path, which turned out to be wrong. Mm. To be quite frank, I don't think any NFT community has actually found product market fit yet. Except um, for... Well, pudgy Penguins, which <laughs> exactly. is, they're, they're coming very close. They're coming very close, but like... If you when look pudgy Zorians? <laughs> That's the real question. <laughs> Hit us up, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Lucas will, will be on our podcast. Uh, he'll be on our podcast. Okay, nice. When Jupiter NFTs, that's what we're going <laughs> to Dude, it's crazy. It's like, I just said something. I, I tweeted like, I tweeted like, hey, the DAO, the DAO. Oh, I remember this. I tweeted the <laughs> DAO can consider funding NFT VFEs. And then, oh my God, it became big news. Like, oh, Jupiter is doing NFTs. Yeah, and two I'm minutes like, were in your DMs. Like, so when are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. It's like so many people DM me after that, right? I was like, no, I didn't say we're doing NFTs. I said that DAO should consider yeah. funding NFTs for a fun community project. That honestly, that moment was a come to Jesus moment for me. I'm like, okay, wow. I really got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meow, like meow, really... You are a public figure now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, no, dude, no, it's funny because I'm so used to talking shit. Right. Yeah. No, seriously, I'm so used to shit talking, right? Just, I'm so used to like, just like, <laughs> like, oh shit, no, man, doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, but that was, that was interesting because like, I tweeted that, I, I went to, I, I tweeted that, I went to sleep, right? You know what I'm saying? On, and then the next morning, I, I bombarded, I'm like, oh my God, everyone's like, uh, I, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These days, your tweets get like easily 5,000 likes. Uh, nah, I don't know, man. I am very impressed by your engagement. Sorry? I'm very impressed by your engagement. Oh uh, yeah, next he topic, attracts all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> next, next, next topic, next topic, topic, that's the meta. Topic, yeah, let, 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 let's just say that um, it has been a, a really big lesson for me recently. <laughs> but and it's how good. to get how to engage, yeah. You know, I want to go back to the the NFT. Sorry, just one last thing. Yes, real quick on please. Frank. Uh, just to say that I think um, I I feel like I'm actually pretty impressed by uh, the Frank's community, the guys community. I'm sure you guys as well. As well. It's like incredibly resilient. Right, and, and Frank did reach out to me recently, you know? Nice. Uh, yeah, and then just, just say hi, right? And I think, um, yeah, I, I feel like- He could have um, easily walked away. Yeah, right? walked away, yeah. I think I think he's still in the game. He's, yeah. he's trying to, I, I think the, the tribalism of crypto um, got to him, you know? I think, think he, I, I'm not sure, but I think he probably, um, he probably didn't, um, it, it's a good topic as well, the tribalism, right? You know, crypto and stuff, Yeah. you know? Yeah, but anyway, in summary, I, I don't I don't drag this topic on. But just just say that like um you know I I I feel like um you know I feel like we should all be like understanding and stuff. Yeah. yeah, we should be less harsh on on Frank. Um, at least on the Solana we side. We should right? be less harsh on founders yeah. in general. And founders in general. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent agreed. I mean, founders just get a lot of shit all the time on Twitter yeah. all the time. Like even if they do something good, well intentioned, I mean, human and <laughs> successful. Like like your airdrop, it was very successful in my mind, and people just anyone who does who didn't get airdrop or missed out on Jupiter. Yeah, and they're coping. Yeah, they're coping. And 
Now imagine and all the ETH maxes are coping too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel like the longer you stay in crypto, the more you learn that at the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy. Like no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody unhappy. Like you can drive a truck of gold into someone's apartment and they're going to say, well, why only one truck? You know, like, and I don't know, at some point you just <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you just kind of learn to, to deal with it. And you're oh, just by the like, way, I, on that note, I feel like some of the best uh, marketers in crypto are those who have found a really good nemesis and they're constantly at them. Like they have enemies but and they're aware of it and they take advantage of that mm. to build their personal brand. Have you guys seen the, the Solen versus Margin? Oh my God. Oh no, my God. What happened? No, Tell me. I, I, I'm not going to comment too much because we like both of them. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I didn't know this drama existed. It's, it's like drama, but it's kind of, not really drama. It's, like it's just a lot of like- Fun uh, competition. Like really good- um, this is between the two, uh -huh. you know, founding teams. It's, 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 it's entertainment, right? Better, okay. Better, better, yeah. <laughs> I would say this though, I think um, I did learn a lot about how to improve on, in the range of things, you know? I do actually think that um, even though it's intense, but I feel like there are two things, there are two ways to look at it, right? It can be like, oh, it's so unfair, blah, blah, blah. But I think on my end, I think uh, I generally feel like if I can just take a step back and go, okay, what, what did I do anything, right? Could I have done anything better, you know, to cause this thing, right? Yeah, I think I learned, you know? Yeah, and to everyone watching and stuff, and I learned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm actually curious. What would you have done differently? Oh, that, that requires a completely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's say Jupiter the- podcast. Yeah, yeah, let, 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 let's, um, let's do a- let's, one. let's schedule a podcast like three months <laughs> from now, you know, and go, go through all the mistakes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that'll be fun, I think, yeah. Yes, but, but so quite a few. Going yeah. back to D-Gods um, and the larger meta, one is like, I, I saw Frank's recent announcement, I, I think it was a month ago, where he came back, he was quiet for a bit. He came back and he's building this entire community, right? Kind of like a YC book face for all of the members of the NFT community. Um, and so you're seeing this with D-Gods as an example. With Pudgy Penguins, what you're seeing is you could license your IP and earn some of that revenue. Interesting. And then you have um, Azukis that are uh, using their IP as a way to create anime art. And, and comics, et cetera. So I guess the question for you guys is, where is the NFT space going? Where are these communities going? You have people that buy and sell these NFTs. What happens next? Like, where do you see this going? What's the product market fit look like here for NFTs? Beyond JPEG trading. Beyond JPEG trading. So maybe specifically talking about Frank, one of his biggest strengths is building the community, right? Amazing. The D-Gods community is probably one of the best, most tight-knit communities in all of crypto. And resilient. And I think you should just double down on that. I think you should focus everything, like whether it's throwing more events, whether it's uh, creating this uh, homegrown community of like founders and builders within D-Gods and just double downing on that and just focusing on community versus maybe other things like IP or utility. But question for you, how do, how, how did they come about? I'm, I'm just astonished, you know, at how resilient that community is. Like how did it come about, you know? I think the idea is he was he was like a very different person at the time compared to other NFT founders. He was very vocal and he knew how to play the game. So he knew how to attract a bunch of attention from everyone who was on crypto Twitter at the time. He basically had a very interesting narrative, which was creating almost like the, uh, the he describes it as like a frat house or sorority house yeah. for everyone in crypto, right? And yeah. I think that, that spoke to a lot of people because a lot of people at the time, which which was during COVID, wanted that feeling of belonging to a community. I think to answer your question of like, where are NFTs going? I actually think the answer is they're gonna become more and more diversified and each community is gonna become a mirror of the founder in some way. Like mm -hmm. you think about Mad Lads, 
and maybe it's in Zorians, they're like very oriented towards building and kind of towards like, hey, like let's make something cool. There's a lot of that kind of spirit mm. there. Then you look at something like Klanos, right? It's a totally different group of people. They're excited about IP. They're excited about movies. They're excited about art. They're excited about creative. Their shorts are some of the funniest I've seen on Twitter, yeah, right? Like they're hilarious. Uh, and then, you know, you pick the next 10 communities and they're all different. And, and that's what NFTs should be. They shouldn't be all the same. They should all be different, right? Interesting. I also think the idea of like NFTs as communities is just one use case for NFTs, Definitely. Right? It's the current meta. It's the most like, obvious meta that makes sense or that people have found, you know, when NFTs became a thing, uh, that just makes sense like to be the, the first meta of, of this, of people like trading NFTs back and forth. But obviously like NFTs is just a form factor. It, it's like fungible tokens, you can use it for many things, right? It doesn't have to be just a community. It could be uh, real world assets. It could be uh, basically tokenizing everything in the real world where most things in, in real life are non-fungible by nature. Like every single item you buy at a store has a serial number. And if you wanted to tokenize and then eventually financialize all of these items, they have to be NFTs. Yeah. And I think that's that's what's interesting to us as, as Tensor is we've built the financial rails for all of this stuff. And if crypto eats the world and everything becomes tokenized, then all of this stuff hopefully trades on Tensor. There is some really weird shit happening on Ethereum already. There's like luxury watches being tokenized as an NFT on chain. And then people would borrow money uh, or fungible like USDC or something uh, off of the watch as a collateral. And so this this idea of of combining, of putting all the assets on chain, it is happening. Yeah. Like a few years ago, if you asked me a few years ago, I would have said it's too early. We're too early for this. But it, it is happening now. And possibly it's going to happen on... Yeah, the 10x feature there is uh, watches. Like think about like in the real world, where would you go to get like a loan on your watch? There's probably like two guys in the world who would do that. Well, you go to a pawn shop. There's a or lot you go to a pawn shop, which you get yeah. like completely ripped off. Yeah, ripped yeah. off. Yeah, like loan sharks. But now you basically get access to this global permissionless liquidity. The DGENs. Uh, the DGENs who are I ready to that. earn yield on anything. Yes. Right? Yes. They have so I much money that. just because they were and early This is the Ethereum. power of the web or, or like internet in general and crypto just accelerates it, which is things that used to be niche start to become global. Like what did Reddit do, mm -hmm. right? Reddit created a place for niche communities to go global and you can all of a sudden find, like if you're interested in, I don't know, collecting red tiles for your house, then all of a sudden you can find another guy who's interested in collecting red tiles for his house and you guys bond. This guy is so Crypto decent. takes that to <laughs> a, yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> crypto takes that to another level where not, not only do you bond based on interest now, but you also bond financially because you guys probably both invested in some red tile startup and you guys have their tokens and their NFTs and it's all fun and games. And it just like creates another level of connection and, and brings people together even more. It almost seems like crypto is sucking the real world in yeah. slowly, but surely. Slowly, but surely, yeah. And, and you know, when we always talk Chow, to, to founders, we're like, you know, just focus on the users that are in crypto. It's very hard to attract people that are outside of crypto. And eventually, on that note, I'm really annoyed every time uh, someone gives advice on Twitter about, hey, let's focus on the real world rather than. Yeah, don't build a token. Yeah, the, the, the like, it doesn't make sense because yeah. the, historically, for the last 15 years, what has been happening for the last 15 years is you have the real world installing MetaMask one at a time. One at a time. Always one at a time. And and once they, they're into uh, MetaMask, they start doing some DeFi stuff, some NFT stuff, yeah. and they get converted because they make money. Yeah. And this this whole process of user conversion through 
wall installation and then making money it has been happening for 15 years. And now we have a critical mass of those. There's like one, there's two trillion dollars of on-chain wealth in the hands of those people. Yep. Why would you, in, in the vast majority of startups, it does not make sense to target that world. Just target this world. There's two trillion dollars sitting there yep. for you to target. It's also a lot harder to build anything for the real world. You're going to be up against existing regulations. You're going to be competing with existing players who don't yeah. want you there. They don't uh, you have to deal with atoms rather than bits. I mean, it's literally taking the hardest path. Yeah. I, I feel like on, on this point, let me put a pitch in for Solana, right? You know, mm -hmm. right? It's that, um, so is, me, so I, I talked to Tolia about this quite a bit. It's that um, there's actually a lot of value in having a critical mass of markets. On Solana, right? And I mean, I didn't, I didn't say assets in the markets, right? Because you can have the, you can have assets on, you can have assets on Solana or, or any chain, but it doesn't matter, right? Any markets for them, right? That means that you need extremely liquid. For example, it's it's one thing to put your um uh, luxury watch on chain, right? It's another thing to have a to have a functioning market, right? You know, for that fractionalized watch or for the loans and everything, right? So I feel like that's actually um a really big part of it. I think um the question becomes the I mean, think about it, right? Solana's, um, Solana had an edge on technology, right? For like last couple of years, probably, right? But as we were talking before the show, it's like at some point, we, Aptos, and everyone's going to come up with like as good technology. Yep. Right? So, question is okay, so what is Solana's edge going to be, right? You know, I argue that the edge that um, the community ecosystem, the chain has to build towards is like having a critical mass of markets. Right, you know, and what do you mean by cri critical mass of markets? That means that, that it's it's quite simple, right? It's like can we because Solana the, the main thing is that uh, I'm I'm from Jupiter, right? So we take a view on this, right? It's like we we want there to be like a lot all, like all, all the forex, RWA, you know, shit coins, right? Meme coins, good coins, whatever, right? You know, to be on one one single chain, right? Because when you have one single chain, when you go from when to like a RWA to like a PayPal transaction, right? You know that that's powerful, right? Yeah. You know when you have things like uh, and PayPal like PayPal PYUSD. Right, uh, you can go from like uh, a, a, a any any given coin like with to uh, PayPal USD, then it gets the payment. That's powerful, right? You know, with right? to uh, Microsoft stock. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously, right? And, and another idea I was floating was quite simple, right? It's like, can we actually do it such that can can we actually build a and this is kind of one of Jupiter's thing, right? My my thing, okay. Like uh, around, can we actually build something where um where we actually incentivize people, right, to instead of um to list on chain, right? I yeah, mean, you're talking about. Yeah, it, 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 sounds, it sounds like a crazy idea, but here, here you go, right? When you list on a penny stock, whatever, right? It's like you don't get much, right? You just get, you know, you don't really, you really don't get much, right? You know, just get a lot of shit, you know? But then if we can build a parallel kind of like auditing, parallel uh, uh, verification mechanism, right? Such that if you run, for example, if you run a successful internet company, right? You want to list on chain, you get, get community, you get capital, you get all the degens, more fun, right? You know, why not, yeah. right? So I feel like that's the world that I think uh, we want to move towards, right? Where okay, can you can can you really have a critical mass of like um of tokens and markets, yeah, and like use cases, right? In like remittance, everything, you know, and and there's tremendous power in having all those things mm -hmm. on one network. It's almost as yeah. if like every startup that builds in any sector in the space should just tokenize. Yeah, precisely. Point. You know, do you guys do you guys feel threatened by Aptos and Sui? Here's my take. So I am sure that Sui and Aptos are technically, probably technically equivalent for all intents and purposes, like same TPS, same, um, yeah. maybe even better delivery experience but based on what I've heard. But if you think about like all of these different chains as like snowballs, all of them start rolling down this big hill, right? At different, at, at different times. 
Solana basically started rolling down this hill two, three years ago, right? Right during the bull market, they were able to battle test their infrastructure. They were able to onboard everyone who was priced out of Ethereum to start trading NFTs on Solana. Hence why there's such a big NFT community on Solana right now. And they're just like further down the hill and they're growing and they're getting bigger and bigger than Sui and Aptos. And all this like momentum tends to compound in that if you see a big snowball like Solana rolling down the hill and you're a builder and you want to like follow the biggest snowball, you'll probably choose to build on Solana more often than you choose to build on Aptos or Sui. And as you start to like see these compounding effects occur amongst builders, amongst liquidity, amongst like products and infrastructure, uh, that's where Solana can like probably pull ahead of Sui and Aptos to a significant point where it doesn't matter like if these guys if these other chains are just as uh, technically capable as yep. Solana. Precisely. So just to add on to that, right? First of all, developer pain is a feature not about. Okay. <laughs> the, sorry. The I mean the 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 seventy five developers on Solana will tell you that, right? You know, it's like <laughs> it's a it's like um really like um having gone through that period, you know, where we just really figured out a lot of things. I think you know I think it's actually a a, a, a sense of pride, you know, amongst Solana developers. Um, but but beyond that, I think I think I think Richard is exactly right. Mm. Say for example, say say you are building a RWA thing, right? And what what's the main what's the first thing you need, right? You need access to like users, right? And people use you and buy your stuff, right? Um, you can you can be on Ethereum, but uh, mainnet, because that's actually where most of the liquidity is. But then your user base is going to be quite limited because of the gas cost, right? You can be on L two. But there are very few outtools that have sufficient critical mass, right? You can build on Sui or Aptos, right? You know, but or any other Cosmos chain, which is fine, you know. But they wouldn't have the same level of like user adoption, right? So I feel like for the next couple of years, at least, I feel like um, Solana is going to have a, uh, I think a new day, right? A really big advantage, you know, in being the only chain that's performant enough with critical mass of users. And and guys, by the way, the the fact the fact is that like the the meme coin community and the NFT community and the perps community is very strong on Solana, and and it's the only chain that has a really strong like meme coin and uh, apart from Ethereum mainnet, right? You know, but again, Ethereum mainnet has an issue of like you know being very expensive to use, right? But apart from that, it, think about it. Solana is the only chain that has like a very strong NFT community, meme coin community, and perps community and training community, right? And I think that cannot be understated in terms of new assets coming on chain. You guys are the th three of the most legendary builders on Solana. No, 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 no. You are by objectively just by looking at the volume. Um, you and you're fully committed to Solana. You're loyal to Solana at least for now, for the for the foreseeable future. Now I want you guys to steelman Ethereum. What are some of the things that are good about Ethereum that um, you appreciate? Or, or maybe, maybe even ask another way, what are some of the reasons why Ethereum would ultimately beat Solana? I think the obvious one is liquidity mode. Ethereum still has a lot more liquidity. And Ethereum also has a lot more mindshare with more mature institutional players. I think if somebody seriously thinks about storing millions of dollars of, uh, like of on-chain assets, probably Ethereum is their number one choice mm -hmm. right now. So I wouldn't underestimate that and how difficult that is to surmount. I still think that I know that like Santiago and some other guys are saying like, oh, there's a good chance Solana beats Ethereum. I think that chance is pretty small. And I, I think like Solana would really need to pull a miracle for that to happen. Like obviously we're gonna work our asses off to make that happen, but at the end of the day, I don't think that chance is like, you know, n near like 50% or something. And I think it's basically that liquidity mode, developer mode as well, better tooling, 
more developers. Like Ethereum has probably, what, four or five times more developers. And maybe one other thing I observed is often Ethereum developers tend to be a little bit more mission-driven. And that means that sometimes they're more enduring and mm -hmm. they build products that maybe take a bit longer to build, but end up being a little bit more interesting. And I think Solana builders have a little bit to learn there, us included. Yeah, my perspective is, so like I mentioned with momentum compounding for Solana versus Sui and Aptos, the same thing applies for Ethereum. I think that compounding effect is very hard. It's very hard for Solana to catch up uh, to, to the point where I can flip Ethereum. Uh, the other thing is, I'll give you an example, like AngelList, for example, if you want to like invest through crypto, they don't accept Solana, they don't accept anything else. And that goes back to like the idea that people just have that narrative in their mind that Ethereum is more secure. These big institutions who do want to jump into crypto um, and like have some notion of like, okay, Solana is this newer chain, Ethereum is the basically the first smart contract L1 that took off. Um, probably better just from a risk mitigation perspective to just go on a go with Ethereum, even though it may cost our users a bit more. They're paying a premium for that because of, of risk. I think on Solana, we tend to, and, and I do this a lot on Twitter, um, we tend to like trash Ethereum because it, it's technically like inferior in certain ways and you're paying a lot more for gas fees. But a part of me thinks like at a certain point, Ethereum will get to the, the point where the fees are a lot lower. Maybe it's not like a penny of a penny, but it's uh, you know a 10th of a, a penny. Um, and that's like good enough for most people. And their moment, their their snowball is still big enough to capture most of the mind share, and they'll do fine in the long run. We're starting to see a new uh, behavior change with builders, where they're starting to take mini rollups or app rollups, and they're starting to pay for the customers' fees. So, like Avo is an example who we interviewed last podcast. Oh, I love Julian. Julian's great. I love Julian. Um, and Julian, so I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so what he's doing is uh, specifically him um, is they're using data. They're using different ways to like make the ch uh, fees cheaper to the point where now that he's paying for all the fees, so customers don't see the fees at all. And so they are like looking for ways to compete with Solana in ways that can kind of give them mm -hmm. similar experiences. So just just kind of a thought to that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I love Ethereum. I mean, you we, we go way back, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. way back and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. we've done. I mean, WTC and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. That, right? You know, and uh, and so um, I I I don't know. I don't really see that as a competition, you know, right? I don't, which is why I feel sad when I get trash on by. <laughs> I mean, people. you made, but, uh, but yeah. it, it, let's, let's not get there. I think Ethereum has a. I mean, if, if you go to like Stanford Blockchain Week, right? You are you'll be astonished, right? All these like really top level researchers coming from every single part of the world, mm -hmm. every single institution, and they, they, and they have a, such a unique view of Ethereum, right? You know, and that's coming at all kinds of angles, right? You don't see that in Solana, not by far, right? Um, the, only, the only blockchain that can ever be that is Bitcoin, right? Just like the pure diversity of like researchers just coming in into solving uh, all, all the different problems, mm -hmm. right? roll-ups and everything. You just don't see that anywhere else, right? Um, so I think that's actually one huge thing, you know? Mert's right? trying to create that, right? With uh, Xerox Mert. Uh, um, I don't know. Is that I, 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 like I think they had a research. His name is Mert. Is Mert, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I know. I, um, I think it's, it's very different. from Toronto, the hub of crypto. <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to create like a research, more I, people to I think contribute it's very research very for Solana, I, right? Yep. 
It's like a Telegram group. I'm not in it because okay. I'm apparently not smart enough. Uh, so <laughs> Mar- whenever you think I'm, I'm smart enough, add me into the Bro, group. if you're not smart enough, there's hope for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to like recreate some of this, right? It seems like. I yeah, think, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, well, Solana has a pragmatic culture. It's a different culture. You it's guys talked about this, like hey, engineering I, driven. Engineering I, driven. I, I tweeted this. Yeah. I, I said Solana is engineers and Ethereum is yeah, computer scientists. Yeah. And somehow the Ethereum maxis were pissed at that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a fucking compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, but it, anything you say to them, they'll get pissed. Yeah, it's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but guys, yeah, let's get, get like get, get to the point, right? I think, I think, I think, I think the point here is that like there's no good or bad, right? The the fact that Solana is so engineering driven, right? Also means that you have a, a, a more single source of failure, right? You know, whereas the Ethereum is like very like the whole the whole research arm is like very decentralized at this point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, it, it's a good thing. I, I, I think I think the other good thing is that I think uh, we are actually um, seeing. Um, so, you know how we talked about Solana having like one big network, everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but the good thing about our tools is that like um, um, you know, the the tools look at our tools, right? When you spin an L2, you can think of it, ah, and I L2, why the fuck do we care? Right? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, and I L2, new tokens, new farms, new users, right? You know? Right. <laughs> ah, so, that's a good way to look at no, it. No, no, sure. <laughs> I, I have a tweet for this. I, I didn't want to tweet it out because that will piss off the Ethereum yeah, Maxis. But that's exactly that's exactly the bull. But you already said it. It's our alpha. That's exactly the bull bull case for yeah, modularity. Yeah, precisely. It's, it's a bull case. It's, it's, like, it's very, very hard for like there's no way someone can go on Solana right now and, and spin up a, a, a SPL token sort and be like, hey token, it's very hard. No one will care, right? Mm-hmm. You know? But come on, man. On Ethereum, you spin on your R2, you copy space Uniswap, uh, V2, V3. Copy paste Uniswap. <laughs> <laughs> you said <laughs> like it was. No, no, that's exactly Hayden's. how it works. That, that's exactly how it works. You, you, you go on Ethereum, you R2. Now leaking the next six months of his roadmap right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I'm just saying, right? It's like, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a bull case, right? You know what I'm saying? That's the bull case. It's a bull case. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. It's a bull case. bull case. It's not a bad case. It's a bull case, right? Yeah. And, and, and what that means is that it gives you so much more room to bootstrap an entirely new ecosystem. Exactly. It's it's not it's not a shit case. It's a bull case, right? It's a bull it's like, case. It's a bull case. You can you can go there. You can go to any part of the world and be like, hey, I want to do a I want to do a um, Papua New Guinea uh, L2, right? And <laughs> and you can. I'm not. I'm serious, right? And they'll, and go, then, and they'll go. No, I'm I'm serious. And then you can spin your own. You spin your own. You can you can spin your own DeFi ecosystem from scratch. Right yeah. and your own culture, your own community. You can't do that on Solana. Yeah. Right? Solana has a community already, right? Well, I mean, you, know? you could b- build rollups. For there's Solana. there's another actually benefit nah, to all twos, yeah. and that's uh, like segregation of apps might actually be good. Yeah, precisely. Because yeah. if you have an app that's doing a lot of damage to the chain, the problem with Solana is even though there's kind of local fee markets, they don't quite fully work right now. But the the problem is like something like Drip, which is like printing NFTs in the millions is actually kind of making our life hard because we need to ingest all those NFTs in all of our data pipelines right now. And the benefit of these L2s is that you take a very heavy app that needs like a lot of the chain's capabilities and you segment it away. What about like localized fee markets and dimensionality that uh, Anatoly talks about? Does that, do you guys, how are you guys thinking about that? So actually one, actually it's not perfect yet. Right? Okay. But thankfully, I think uh, 1.1, and and we we know because we do that a lot, right? And we did that a lot. So I think 1.1 is going to be a lot better. Right, so the it's actually it's not binary, right? It never works perfectly, right? But the the, the thing is that I think over time it has worked, it worked better and better, mm-hmm. right? And I think the next the next major upgrade, um, one point one eight, is supposed to be like the the version that really makes it much better, you know? Yeah, that's concern everything. Interesting. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys go ahead? Uh, I was gonna say like in theory, localized fee market is, uh, you're basically taking like parallels parallelism to the extreme mm-hmm. we optimize the heck out of it in hardware 
and you just hope that hardware will scale to the point where it can service basically all state that will ever live on a blockchain or live in you know crypto. Yes, like in theory that might work, um, but there are practical limitations, like just engineering bandwidth. Like Solana, they have a great team, engineering team, but even then, like there are you know bugs come up. Uh, they might be like hampered by some other like unrelated like performance thing that they have to, that they deal with. Um, like the practical situation is there there are like roadblocks and and there are like friction points as you sort of work towards this vision of like localized fee markets taking over um, anything that you need to do when it comes to parallelization. Whereas I think like the app chain model, like you can sort of see it working practically now. And at a certain point, maybe we do need app chains in order to Ooh. act as that bridge between the current state of like localized fee markets and the perfect theoretical model of localized fee markets. I mean, to a, I mean, AV is a good example, right? You know, it's like a, they, they take something that is like um, really going to be extremely hard to build Ethereum, right? You know, and also probably subject to a lot of other constraints on Solana, right? And just say, I'm going to build all to like very, very specific, right? You know, for the given purpose, right? You know, um, yeah. And, and I feel like... Um, that would be a good, probably a good model for L2s in the end. It's like, how do I create L2 that I don't really care about anything else? Nothing else at all, right? And I don't care about like what's happening on the other chain. I don't care about, you know, drip minting a million things, right? So my honest answer is that I have a bull case for both Solana and Ethereum, right? My bull case for Solana is that I think, uh, I think the, the, the world would seriously move a big step forward when you have all the use cases like payments and remittances and transfers and all the markers and on one chain. Right, because there's no way that there's there's, there's no way that um you know a multi-chain uh world can be as good as that, right? But on that hand, as we discussed this, right, is that there's also many 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 uh, reasons, right, why um you know including the ability to create a new ecosystem with its own tokens, ability to kind of create a your own self-resilient like use case, right, you know, and decentralization and uh, everything that would make it feasible, right, you know, for mm -hmm. Ethereum L2 ecosystem. So I, I'm, I'm a big boo of both, you know? So, yeah. What I like about um, Solana specifically is that, um, you know, there's a team that's like focused on onboarding new use cases and new users. Um, and an example of this is like token extensions, right? Um, a way to create private transactions, a way to list RWAs, a way to do X. I feel like those are some interesting ways to onboard new types of product builders to build some products around it. What are your thoughts on extensions? I guess maybe it's the pivot. I guess super bullish. I extensions. I, I think most people underappreciate the power they unlock. So for those who don't know, extensions are basically these things that let you create a token with like god powers. Like it can do things like, oh, I'll only allow this transfer if X Y Z conditions are met, or oh, this transfer is completely private. It's hidden. Or, oh, every time a transfer happens, some percentage of the transferred funds is paid as royalty to the creator. It just unlocks a swath of use cases that are very hard to do for token creators otherwise. Um, it's and, a library. It's, it's, a, it's a set of smart contracts that other people can, can build on top of. Sort of. It's actually even easier than that. It's basically a bunch of methods you call when you create the token. So you don't even need a separate smart contract for it. It's baked into the runtime itself. Okay, nice. Um, it's super powerful. Yeah. This sort of goes back to like the idea that Solana is more practical. Mm -hmm. They're trying to meet the real world where it is instead exactly. of sort of a, a theoretical argument that maybe if crypto eats you know the entire world, then this this system will work perfectly. But right now, that's not the case. Like a lot of people think, a lot of institutions, the, the biggest like kick uh, kickback that they give crypto is they can't do KYC. 
Yep. And the only way to do KYC is maybe what Uniswap did, where they introduced a transfer hook specifically to Uniswap, but maybe not other programs. And yes, like a lot of people on Ethereum basically fudded it because it's it's not decentralized. They're basically trying to corrupt crypto. But Solana is seeing it from a different perspective where their mission is to onboard as many people to into crypto. And the only way to do that is to meet in the middle with institutions and give them these transfer hooks, give them a KYC hook in order to like get people to build on Solana. It's funny, uh, the whole ERC-404 dilemma, right? Where people that want to introduce their own standards, you really can't. There's a whole EIP process that you know people have to go through just to get some sort of like real world use cases. And on Solana, by introducing these set of like libraries, anyone can build any types of use cases. And I think that's what Ethereum should be doing also. The other big thing coming up in Solana is Fire Dancer. And I have two very important questions I've never been able to find the answers to. First question is when? And the second question is how much? How much faster? Uh, you guys are builders. You may not know the answer, uh, may or may not know the answer, but I'm curious if you have a view, any rough estimate on these two questions. I'd be lying to you if I knew when. Um, it sounds like it's right around the corner. Maybe this year, I think they might go on DevNet from what I've heard. In terms of TPS, so uh, caveat this, um, a lot of like TPS numbers you see in general for any chain mm -hmm. is completely like unrealistic. It's just like, it kind of reminds you of like benchmarking and like databases <laughs> what? where like what? you have like, <laughs> uh, you have these like very contrived artificial yeah. benchmarks and they say like, oh, you know, this breaking database can achieve a million TPS, but in practice, like that's not the case. And I think that's the same with Fire Dancer, um, where, you know, yes, it can do 3 million TPS, which yeah. is actually massive. Um, I think given real world use cases, uh, it's still very bullish in that from what I've heard, if you just take all of the existing transactions on Solana and try to like plummet through Fire Dancer, it could probably get to like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 easily, which is a which is basically it's a 10x, 10x improvement yeah. on Solana wow. currently. Yeah. Our AWS bill will go from 70K a month to 700K a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People forget that. <laughs> no, well, like, who has to ingest all that data? Uh, no, my, no, the, the, real, <laughs> the, real, the real beneficiary from all of this is Be Bezos hey, and yeah, AWS. Bezos, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it, it's funny because he, he said that your revenue also goes up. It's yeah. not necessary because like, when yeah, think, no, 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 guys, it's actually really interesting because um, people always think that like a data equals more revenue, right? Or something. Right? No, that's not true because like, uh, when, when your cost of, um, uh, putting data on chain becomes much lower, right? What increases? Spam. Yeah. Spam, right? So it's like, so so as, as builders, right, we're actually dealing with a lot of spam, you know, right? Literally, right? It's like, like, um, like for example, like a, a, a 20, but 20 tokens account for like the vast majority of trading volume, right? Mm. You know, but they're like a gazillion tokens that we have to cater to everyone, right? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, our, our AWS is a bit, so, you know, yeah. But actually, actually on this point of financial, right? I think, um, um, I think um, I feel like people are and and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? But I feel like people are, are are somewhat like obsessed with the TPS numbers and all these things. But I feel like the 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 real benefit here is around like diversity, right? It's gonna be the first well, it's gonna be a first chain that uh, one of the first yeah. chains besides Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, that has like an entirely different validator mm -hmm. you know, system. Yeah. But no, this is not good or bad. It's more complicated, you know, like. How will these two validators work in practice together? You know, right? Right. You have one that's much faster than the other. How do they? And, and, and one that's more proven than the other, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So I, I think the, the answer is that we don't know, right? You know, right? I think we, we can probably find answers if you look at Ethereum's, how Ethereum has done in the, in the past. Prismatic you know? and. Yeah, like, like uh, how, how they've done stuff. But I think, um, yeah, but 
um, uh, like I, I have no idea how the two TPS systems would kind of hang out, you know, together. So what I, what I, mean, I want to know is, do I get points if I'm going to run? Fire, dollar fire. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> hey, there's W. Fire points. It's yeah. W and P for you. Run a fire. <laughs> yeah, hey, fire like, on my fire. The practical concern is, um, so I think if Fire Dancer is really pushing 10x, if not more, TPS than the original client, then you can imagine all these validators would just move to Fire Dancer because they can make 10x. Yeah, At least, I think this is how it works. They can make 10x the transaction fees, and then you sort of like perhaps see this big shift of people just moving to another client, and you you don't get that client diversity. That's my layman view of it. Maybe it's actually different. Um, but that's like maybe one. Um, one sticking point that might come up in the client diversity argument. Interesting, interesting. This actually, so again, like going back to like, we, we kind of spoke about other blockchains coming online. I kind of feel it's pretty hard for them right now because I feel there's like two like counter positioning spots, the same way that there's two in mobile, there's two in operating systems. And I feel the two in blockchains are slower, but more decentralized and faster but more kind of maybe not centralized, but like just different, build differently. More focused, more focused. More focused, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> good one. But yeah, so I guess what I'm getting at is, well, holy shit, like Sui or Aptos better have like a connection to Jump to build another Fire Dancer, right? Because like this thing took, what, years in the making yeah. and oh it's going to go so online and it's going to be really hard yeah. to compete with. And so I don't know, actually. I don't know if there's going to be a third blockchain that pops the same way these two the, did. The distant third right now is Cosmos. Like, the, if you view like the, the trade-off areas in in the 3D demand, uh, you know, uh, visualization, that you have Ethereum, Ethereum ortho orthogonal to Solana, but then there's a third dimension, which is Cosmos, which provides a lot of customizability. Mm. But you, like, like app chains, right? Yeah, app, app chains, yeah. but like are really you, big apps, right? Are you fading like UIDX? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't. I can't speak my mind about Polkadot. I just empirically, if you look at the data of great founders building on Polkadot, it's been going downhill. Yeah, the they've been leaving years. Polkadot. Do you guys have yeah. an idea of why, let's say, Polkadot or even uh, what's the other one? The other Ethereum founder, or Card Cardano. Cardano. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Cardano is a new founders. Yeah. Uh, why, why did they not take off at all? I don't know. I have two yeah. hypotheses. I have no idea if it's true or not. I love that. I love that. Answer. I have one idea too. Well, yeah. well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, Polkadot uh, go to market for so every chain for every chain their customers are developers basically. Mm. Um, Polkadot's go to market first go to market they went for in my experience very mercenary developers and that was like peak Zerp peak mm. 2020 2021. There were a lot of developers that were not missionary. They're very mercenary. They built on Polkadot for to make a quick buck, and the moment the the bull market died, the whole Zerp died. They just went away. So they lost their developer community. So you and I spoke with quite a few yeah. uh, Polkadot developers from back in the day in that era, and we just didn't see uh, uh, in terms of quality of developers building on Polkadot. There's a, certainly the quality is certainly there, but the quality was never. Um, on par with Solana and Ethereum and, and Cosmos. I also think it was the way you secure the parachains was the biggest issue. Yes, that, that was my other argument. Okay, yeah. yeah. Go, go so, ahead. like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, for in order for you to have a parachain, you need people to stake their dot. And they go through this auctioning process, you have to yep. hit at a certain threshold. And it's like, it went to like 50 million. Yep. I mean, it was yep. really hard to compete. Yep. And so only very few people were able to secure that much dot to secure the chain. 
And I think it was like three or four, and then it kind of fell off from there. That was a self-owned. Like yeah. they, they didn't have to do this. They, they did this. That. They did this because they wanted to have some kind of value accrual. Yes, like yes. Precisely, precisely, yeah. precisely. Actually, so um, so that I mean that that's the that's the main thing, right? Is that I, I feel like it became a system whereby like um everyone became working for the dot holders as well working for their own they thing. They were trying to like sell me. Like, yeah. like, come on, just take your, I'm like, dude, just remember those, yeah. those builders who pitched us? Yeah. They, they asked, they, they told us, if you want an allocation in our product, you need to stay some dot. Exactly. Exactly. Back in the day. It yeah, completely precisely. reversed, like the founders should be thinking about themselves, not yes. the product. Mm -hmm. Not the product precisely. they're building on. Precisely, yeah, precisely, precisely. Yeah, so precisely. I think that was the sec yeah, so the, that's the other so reason So you end up with founders that were really good at talking because you had to go to all the dots holders and be pitched yourself and hi, I'm so great at everything, right? So I feel like it created a system where besides mercenary, you have people that promise a lot upfront, right? And not just that. So they promise a lot upfront, but they also had to offer a lot upfront. Right, yeah. you know. So what 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 ended up is that they off actually offer a lot, right? You know, to the to the dot holders, right? And obviously, you know, what happens in the end. Yeah. I also think the team kind of lost their magic. Like I think the token went live. People, got think rich. people got rich, and mm -hmm. you could tell. Like you know, we we worked pretty closely with the Polkadot team, and um, you know, they kind of I felt like they lost the like the the, hunger. the competitiveness, the hunger. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk to Anatoly, like I'm like. God, like, it's like he just started his startup. Like, he's so hungry. That, that fucker is like talking about duopoly. It's, it's like, it's like going all day long. But, oh, I'm going to disrupt the duopoly, you know, of like Apple and Google. I'm like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> I'm like, dude, where did this come from? <laughs> all right, I'll help out. But it's amazing. He's like calling everybody. Hey, hey, hello, there. how do you do yeah. these things? Sorry. I have one question that I'm curious to get your guys' takes on. So obviously today, crypto is super tribal. Each blockchain is basically its own little nation with like patriots. Do you guys think 10 years from now, uh, it's still going to be tribal? I think as long as there's a token, there'll be tribal. Yeah, me too. I think sure. it'll get more tribal. No, more yeah. tribal, wow. It'll get worse. I, oh, oh, I, I, I think I-, I Racism, but it's religion. It's religion, but, it's religion. It, but with money. At least for the intellectually honest people, uh, which is like you two guys, right? Clearly you guys started Ooh. off on Ethereum and actually Mel too. You guys started off on Ethereum, but we were super open-minded on Solana, right? And that's why you guys accepted us into Accelerator. Um, I think if if you if you fundamentally believe that this chain is different enough and offers like some unique value prop that Ethereum, let's say, doesn't offer, uh, you don't care about like being no. traveled to like Ethereum yeah. all the way through just because you made a massive bag on Ethereum. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just coping, right? <laughs> it's an anti-cope effect for me. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I actually feel like Tolly um, has a really um, and probably as well. They have a pretty healthy mindset on these things, right? They kind of know that like okay, whatever we do, there's always gonna be other things around. Right, you know, so it's pretty important to just oh, have an open mindset on things, right? So I feel like um I feel like Tensor and us are probably similar as well. You know, it's not about like being maxi. Um it's just about recognizing uh what we want to build and what's good what was good, right? You know? Yeah. So I feel yeah. like um yeah, that's the thing I Yeah, saying. it's like when people ask us, is Tensor planning to move off Solana? And we say no. It's actually mainly driven by the fact that there's just so much to build on Solana mm -hmm. and we just we just wanna build it. Like why would we leave? There's like so much design space. Now, is that answer going to be the same 10 years from now? I don't know. Maybe not, right? Probably and maybe not, there's yeah. the new, you know, not Lana chain and we go there. I don't know. But like, at least right now, there's like hyper unexplored design space on Solana to go exactly. and play with. It's a very similar thing for us, right? I feel like the, the main thing for us is that we want to provide a deep value, right? And it's very hard to provide deep value when you are spread out, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You actually want to like uh, say, hey, how do, and also not just that, I think you guys know, right? It's like, I feel like another thing that real builders know that other people don't is that 
a lot of times value is from being embedded in, 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 in the ecosystem. You know, right? It's not just, when you go to an ecosystem, the tech can be the same, it can be the same, but you're not, it's not the same because the ecosystem is different, right? So I feel like for us right now, I think we have this like very deep connection with the community and ecosystem, right? You know, right? And I think that that's actually really big for us, right? You know? And for me personally, uh, you guys know, right? I've been working on multi-chain for a long time, yeah. right? So, so for us, it's for, for, so for me, it's not so much like, okay, I, would, I, I think not so much, I don't think it makes sense for us to like build Jupyter on another chain. Right, you know, but finding ways to kind of like connect Solana to other chains, that's a pretty big topic for us, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So question for you guys. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Blur launching Blast, the founder? I think Pac-Man is solving a problem that he has, right? Now, sounds like, like a very political answer. <laughs> no, no, what, 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 what problem is there? Huh? What problem is there? Well, he wants to build uh, a per product or like more advanced primitives and Ethereum is too slow for him. And he saw an opportunity to verticalize and own the entire stack. And I respect that because when you verticalize and own the entire stack, you can build things that other people can't build. DYDX did, did the same thing. Now, do I think the whole multi-sig multi drama is the way it should have been done? I mean, probably no. But like the decision of a builder to go verticalize and build an Apple-esque experience, holy shit, let's go. I think that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to take a different take, and that is, I think he also saw this massive opportunity, which is to build an L2 that just, I guess, I don't know what you call it, like restaking, or you, you natively stake, when you bridge over, it's already staked. Yeah. So you're already that, earning that's yield. That's so beautiful, so elegant. It yeah, is, right? It, is. Like yeah. it makes so much sense. Like, why would you build, or why would users use Arbitrum or Optimism where they're not earning no yield naturally by yeah. using all of these protocols like Uniswap, when you can just pour it over to Blast and just yeah. earn like, you know, 3%, 4% yield? People were so upset about Blast, but but this thing alone, the, the native Genius. yield is really elegant. Yeah. And, and that just speaks to me that, that Taishun, the founder of, of Blast and, and Blur, is one of the handful of people who, who truly understand the DGENs. Like he understands the users better than yeah, anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever you get a polarizing reaction, you're onto something. Yeah. The, the worst oh, really? one is when you Oof. do a product <laughs> drop <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nobody <laughs> cares. People are like, you're doing good. I'm doing good. Whenever you get a polarizing reaction, you know you're onto something. Yeah. If, you, if people just give you a thumbs up and they're like, this is cool, well, then they're going to forget about you the next five minutes. But if, if half the people can't live without it and half the people think you're a dumbass, then you're definitely, definitely yeah, on It goes back to like crypto is part building the future of finance, but also part entertainment. Where in entertainment, you don't want to be someone in the middle, right? You don't want to be like non-controversial. You don't want to have like mid-curve like mid takes. You want <laughs> to be, either be on the extremely like like positive side of things, like optimistic side of things, or you want to be a pessimist. That's why every day I either wake up laughing or crying. Nice. Both. Uh, my version of that is the evening shower. Uh, <laughs> so I always, I, I, I always take that evening shower and I'm always staring at the wall and I'm always either too fucking worried to fall asleep or I'm too ecstatic to fall asleep. And I'm just like standing there in the shower for like an hour, just like staring at the white wall. That's why I love crypto. I'll never yeah, leave it. Yeah. I actually think, so I don't think people outside of crypto realize how much more you're taking on as a founder in crypto. Well, like in Web2, you have all the problems of hiring, operations, fundraising, uh, product market fit, like all of that stuff. In crypto, you have all of that and you're a public speaker, and you're a public persona, and you're running a community, and you have to deal with regulations and securities and legal, and like and it, it is basically like two, three jobs combined in one. And I don't know, like if I knew everything right now, uh, if I knew everything I know right now, would I start a crypto startup? Yeah, I definitely have to like think about it. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, the fact that there's so much you have to consider as a founder going to the space, 
And we saw like a bunch of like founders actually leave crypto and go into AI. Yeah. Uh, yeah they found so, it many, to be so many, so many, so many. Yeah. That, They're like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For us, like, I mean, that's an opportunity, right? Because yeah. there's less competition. Um, and the upside is much higher, right? Because now you're uh, building on this hyper-financialized platform, if you will, or technology. Or hyper-connected, right? In the first yeah. place. Yeah, hyper-connected. Um, yeah. And like the opportunity is massive for us, right? Yeah. So it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> what is the future of Tensor? I know the future of Jupiter, at least you told, you mentioned, which is like getting more start, like real-world uh, assets on-chain, as an example. Real like, Or sorry, like stocks, right? Like pink sheets, right? I just not really reward numbers, but just like I think the the whole whole point here is that what is like um how do we get as many like markers and assets and yeah. use cases on the one chain as possible, right? You know, and do including like including can we really bring like listing mm. right on chain, right? I think that was huge. You know, you can do that because I I I think I think if we start doing those if we start doing those three things, um, firstly migration. Can we actually get enough people to migrate, right, on chain, right? Secondly, is that can we get enough, like, because for example, right, in, in the real world, right, for example, the Nasdaq and CME and all these things, they're fundamentally fragmented, right? You know, but for Rex, are fragmented. But then on chain, on chain, they're the same thing. We don't care, you know, right? The on chain, the CME, the Nasdaq, the forest market can live in one one transaction. And it's amazing, right? I mean, from anyone who is like in traditional finance, they go, wow, holy shit. It's like, you have all these things on chain in one market, fully transparent and the whole transaction cost is like 0.002, right? And the, all the fees and everything is fully transparent, right? So I feel like that's the second thing, right? Can we really bring as many markets on chain as possible, right? And thirdly is that, okay, and thirdly is that like, okay, um, when it comes to stocks, I don't really think of it as like, I, 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 I think a real game here is not really in bringing Nasdaq on chain. But I think a real game here is that can we actually make, make it such that people want to list on chain instead, yeah. right? And that would, that would, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's easy, right, you know? Although I do want to run a pilot this year, you know, <laughs> right? So, so yeah. uh, companies, uh, traditional companies listing yes on, exactly. on Jupiter, yeah, uh, yes, and then and then so so Jupiter providing the uh, the framework, mm -hmm. right? You know, for that to happen, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and 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 guys, we actually have enough like DJs that will, that will ape in. I'll ape in. DJs yeah. will ape into anything. Yeah. anything will precisely. Ape. So I I feel like right now, so I I do want to run a pilot this year. You know, right? But I, I think the way to do it is not to say, hey, let's do it right away, but more like a pilot, right? So um, I think the future of Jupiter is quite simple. I think, uh, first of all, I think we just need to execute really well on things that we really have, right? You know, uh, including the launch pad, including the other products, right? The first thing, right? Uh, and then the, the longer term is around like uh, either multi chain, right? You know, right? But not, not, not bring Jupiter on our chains, but more like how do we kind of like, uh, make it easier, right? To transact between chains, right? Different things, okay? I don't think we'll ever go like Jupiter on the street, we won't do that. Um, and thirdly, it's like, okay, can we do the more futuristic stuff? You know, right? Can we really think about how do we say, what are like the most, um, what, what, what are the most like common pain points, right? Of TradFi, right, you know? And how do you solve them on chain, right? You know, so that's actually something I'm really interested in. For me, yeah. the, the main pain point is just all the fucking paperwork, the KYC, like every year you yeah. have to sign something. Like, Don't you different. think like eventually all of that stuff will catch up to crypto in that like, you know, if, if let's say hypothetically, um, we somehow get stocks on in, onto like crypto rails, mm -hmm. wouldn't, um, I don't know, the SEC come in and say, okay, you, you have to KYC everyone. I, I, think, I think this stuff is extremely malleable still. Like we, we as an industry, we have the, the, the possibility and the ability to, to shape how we want it to. Yeah, to yeah, I think so. Yeah, for example, that, that can be, also I feel like we are taking a very Western way of the world, look at it. 
right? There are probably a gazillion like good startups in like, you know, Nigeria, you know, or like yeah. a, a lot of places, you know, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. that would hide, that would strongly benefit. Like for example, when, when I say when, when when I say I want to do the um the stock exchange thing, right? People automatically assume that okay, I'm going to target like a a a a, a famous like web company in the in the Western world. Western world. Maybe not. Maybe there's this like maybe there's the future this really, startup, yeah. maybe there's this really, really good um company in Kenya, right? You know, that that would benefit from having an auditing firm that is like based somewhere out legit legitimate auditing firm based somewhere else and then we can promote them, right? You know? So I feel like there's a lot of ways you can go about it. You know? Yeah. So I feel like um, That's a really interesting thesis. I've never thought of it. Yeah, think right now, think about it, think right now. Yeah. You're basically making Nasdaq open to the entire world. Precisely. Be- and because blockchain enables that. Yeah, precisely because why 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 are we that that company will find it really hard to list on Nasdaq? Or you compete with Nasdaq? There, there's only ever four thousand uh, public companies li- list listed in the U.S. and uh, the vast majority of companies don't meet the bar, don't meet their standards requirements. Yeah, or they're just yeah, not- and it's democratizing uh, capital yeah. markets, which is exactly yeah. what crypto set up and to they, do. And SPACs try to do that. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of like the stablecoin movement where. The adoption of stablecoin, it seems like it's not like like skyrocketing in the West, um, except for like amongst crypto people, but it's skyrocketing in these, I guess, like overseas countries yeah, yeah. that don't precisely. have financial rails. Precisely, right? precisely. So that, that 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 that's a really, really good point, right? It's like we like for me, like like transferring something an asset is what 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 is seemingly very trivial for us, right? It's very difficult for other people. Mm. You know, like mm. stable assets is a great example, yeah. right? You know, right? Yeah. Like if you're in US, US dollar is a thing, it's like it's just everything you use, right? It's cash and everything, right? But then if you are like say in South America or America, what man, even getting access to a dollar is very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's crazy difficult, you know? We have a startup that's trying to solve that in South Africa. We have one in South Africa. Yeah. One in Nigeria. Wow, one in central, really? one in Central America, and then one in South America in this batch. Yeah, because we're. So, I'm, wow. I'm personally so fucking bullish. The whole yep. landscape of stablecoin being adopted in, in, in emerging countries because USD is not available. It's all dried up in Dude, South Africa. I'm telling you guys, example. yes. So it's so interesting. Everyone who's interested in this thing, right, should really read up online. So anyone who actually thinks of USD as something that is like easily accessible, right, should really go read up, right, on how difficult it is to get USD. There, there is a massive shortage of U.S. dollar in the massive whole of Africa shortage. right now. Yep, massive shortage, right? You know, and the and the whole and the whole liquidity rate is crazy. You know, this is like yeah. a perfect wedge into yep. into Africa and stable coins. I'm surprised. Like, I mean, maybe the uh, I don't know, like the the Fed hasn't really picked up on this, but this is their way to just like continue to push U.S. dollars down people's like yep. other people's yep. throats. Yeah, such a cell phone to not support stable coin. Well, if Trump becomes uh, president. Maybe they'll be more pro crypto. Well, Trump. I mean, I have so many thoughts on this, but I'll just <laughs> keep So, for the Tensor team, what is the future of Tensor? Is it always going to be a place where you sling JPEGs? Sling JPEGs. <laughs> or is it going to be a platform for RWAs? And, like, what is the future? Yeah, it's super simple. I mean, half the assets in the world, maybe more, are non fungible. And clearly, everything is trending towards digitalization. So, a lot of those assets are going to end up as NFTs. And what we're building is hopefully the liquidity layer that powers all of that. So the trading of all non-fungible assets. And just like you guys, I mean, we're super excited to bring on real world assets that are non-fungible onto the chain, whether that means working with partners or doing that ourselves, but you know, financializing the world on Solana and um, making all of that trade on Tensor. You would expect, Let's do it. You would expect different uh, 
clients, different front ends serving different verticals, right? and you yeah. would provide ah. the SDK, the API, the backend. Yeah, I, I think the other point here is, we, at least I genuinely believe that this is only possible on Solana, and there are two reasons. Opos. Opos, exactly. <laughs> Opos. The first reason is there's enough of an organic NFT community already that will basically help us bootstrap and basically like help fund us essentially with with all the fees we're collecting to build up this infrastructure for this like utopian view of how NFTs will become everything in the real world will become uh, financialized as NFTs and will provide the rails. The second point is uh, Solana is one of the future. I mean, compared to Ethereum L1, everything happens on chain on Solana which means you don't have to communicate to some off-chain database uh, that has some like signed message for a listing. You can do everything on-chain, which means that you can actually build a permissionless marketplace layer without someone ever having to talk to you know, the core team. And I think that's like pretty powerful. I think it's one of the only things. It's the opportunity for Solana. And it's the opportunity for us. Actually, just want to add on that real quick, right? Is that I feel like what people don't see, right, is that um, yes, people treat shit coins, right? And meme coins right now, right? Uh, um, people are able to generate assets and just like treat them super easily, right? Like someone can literally create an asset on, on, on Meteor or Radium, immediately Jupiter picks it up, and immediately it's like routable, routable across everything, right? Same thing for Tensor, right? Someone, someone can create NFT anyway, you guess people picked it up, right? Things like that. I feel like what people don't see right now is that how, how is a direct line, right? Like when, like Tensor can easily support any other RWAs, right? Or any NFTs, right? It's like supporting this, like uh, what the JPEG thing, right? Is very, the technology and the use case is extremely similar, right? To in the future supporting all kinds of other quote unquote more serious. Yeah, the, the JPEG you is know? the proof of concept. You Precisely. do it for fun, ah. but that's how you bootstrap Precisely. the real infrastructure people, people, people for real People try to, yeah. um, people try to, yeah, precisely. People don't see that, right? People try to go yeah. the other way around, right? Yep. You know, but I go, oh, let me take the most serious uh, and boring thing and put it on chain, right? It's and like forums, right? Forums are Web2 initially were used by like San Francisco nerds talking about what they had for lunch. And now all of a sudden forums is how the world communicates. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's the same thing that's going to happen to us. Yeah, and, and then every, I mean, every tweet is in essence a forum, right? You know, every Facebook post, Instagram is in a forum as well, right? You know, so I feel like- And contain yeah. my bullishness, keep- Keep going. It's Valentine's Day at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day, right? There yeah. you go. You know? This right. is a perk Valentine's Day gift for me. Chow, any final questions? I think this is the greatest episode we've recorded. Wow. 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 Let's go. All right. Big shoes to step into. <laughs> Maybe one last question. When token? <laughs> when, when, well, we when, know, when, when, not, when, not when, if, but when. Yeah. Um, Mal, maybe you could answer this. Oh, for you guys? No, 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 for, for you. Oh, me? Uh, had a when, when, when token? When, when, when. when, token. when. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll. You're, you're like you're like uh, you're actually very poetic, right? You're actually like a romantic deep inside because like oh, you totally. write poems and stuff. Totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. I'm totally romantic. I feel like sometimes totally. when you talk to the community, it's a girl. <laughs> 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 I swear to God, <laughs> uh, he has I, that sensitive side to him. <laughs> I'm very sensitive, which is I'm so hurt recently. You know, I'm so bothered don't, recently. Yeah, don't worry, you're doing great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Others would have walked away. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> So should we address? All right. Well, token. What they token? Just, Never heard of now, a token. Uh, five, five more minutes. Why don't you guys uh, shield alliance? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh great! Awesome. Let's do that. I'll show you guys. Can I? Or you? Just show. Just show. Full force. Shield? 
Okay, chill. All right, let me so, let me let me, so, let me so, draw oh, all the, my poetic, yeah, poetic and dramatic energy. Okay, to show to show alliance. Um, <laughs> but now you gotta look into the camera. Gotta, I'm I'm always on camera. Um, so um, I I feel like alliance is like seriously um, the the Your first wife. Okay, no, fucking, <laughs> um, the, the 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 firm that I think is the most uh, uh well suited to take on the next era. You know, well, in a in a in 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 the sense that, like, um, first of all, I feel like, um, uh, at least from my point of view, I think uh, Chow and Imran has always been there, right? You know, I think uh, like when like everybody just like they they're also like for example they're also like very um focused on first principles, right? You know, right? In the in the sense that um la la last couple of years, I think Imran and Chow has always been here, not just with not just with me, uh, but also with the ecosystem, right? And I think everyone really appreciates that, right? You know. Um, and, and, and that actually is a very interesting quality because it reflects the ability to like look past because 99% of investors are narrative driven, right? Whatever the, whatever the main narrative is, they follow, right? So the ability to just like, hey, you know what? Let me just not get caught up in um, whatever CT is saying, right? But actually think for myself and be able to like, you know, invest. I mean, that's why you guys are on here, right? Because, because you know, because of this relationship, right? You know, and that's why I'm here too, right? You know, um, because and, and, and the ability just like, okay, look, look, look past the current narrative to invest in what they really believe in, right? Not just money, by the way. Money's easy, right? But repetition, right? And willing to make a statement, right? So I, I feel like that's actually one thing that's actually really amazing, right? Um, and then, and then the, and the second, and the second thing about Alliance is that um, it's the ability to go deep, right? Like really go deep, right? That means not just um. That means not just talk about high level theses because I mean, let's face it, right? Most investors they talk high level theses, right? Mm. You know, but they go deep, right? They go deep into a uh, working view, uh, figuring out the partners, right? Understanding ecosystem, you know, degenerating into shit coins. <laughs> it is really important. It's actually really important. It's like it, it's like you, you you cannot be a good VC in this day and age if you don't degen. You know, I would you, say you, the same about founders. To be honest, yeah, precisely, right? It's like you you, you can't stay at. Yeah, you, you you can't stay on a, you can't stay at a, a arm's length. Yeah, right. You just don't get it. Then, you just don't right? get it. Just yeah, get, you, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't get how a space works, right? And then you're always like, so I feel like that's actually really awesome because these two guys they try everything. You know, they ate into stuff, they did into stuff. It you know, hurts. They, they, they shoo, huh? Sometimes it hurts. It, it hurts Financially, yeah. right? The If you never lost money on a shitcoin, you're not part of the club. No, yeah, but that's it. No, 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 no. Even, even worse. If, if you never aped into a shitcoin after reading a tweet about it, <laughs> like, I am the most, I'm the best investor in the world. Hey, I read a tweet. <laughs> and who has time for looking at rock, yeah, rock, rock check, right? You know, yeah, things like that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I feel like the, the, the fact they try out products, you know, they, 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 they get, they get, it's great, right? You know? And thirdly is that I think you're just great friends. Yeah. You know, just great That's friends, the most right? important thing. Yeah I, yeah, I think just the ability to like um not judge you. You know, right? No, no, seriously, that's really important, right? Because I think I think um, most um I think a lot of people what, what I do is that because I mean, let's face it, right? Crypto is an extremely um um repetition based thing, mm -hmm. right? So it's like it, it I I think I think most people just want to be seen with the hottest thing at the moment. Kind of Hollywood, right? Yeah, it's like so, you want to be seen on the right party with the right, yeah. the right people. Yeah, and, and and happy to share that these guys don't do don't work that way. Yeah, they don't work that way, right? They have never worked that way. You know, they have never worked in the sense that oh, okay, oh, you're hot, I'm gonna go after you, right? They have always like whether you're good or bad, they're always there for you. You know, right? Yeah. The other thing I will say about Alliance is just the quality of companies and builders. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we constantly interact with other alliance companies like Liquify, you know, like the Pondomore guys helped us a lot. It, it, it's just like building what I was saying earlier, like building a startup is hard. Building a crypto startup is twice as hard. But building a crypto startup as part of Alliance, yeah, you can, you can, it's kind of stomachable because like there's other builders supporting you and you get some help and a bit of fun along the way. So highly recommend it. Yeah. I would say you guys would make for great NFT project founders. And the reason why I say that, <laughs> always, be closing. <laughs> always be closing. Always be closing. Honestly, you guys should launch with us. But yeah, I mean, on a serious note, you guys have built an awesome community of builders, founders, companies, right, in crypto that have done super interesting things. Like Mel here with Jupiter. Uh, we're friends with like the the Steppen guys who've like made this big splash on Solana. We know love you guys. Like guys, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, dude, it's gonna be Valentine's Day. I'm telling you, Marius loves you. Marius. Marius yeah. fucking loves you, man. He's like, I, I, it's unhealthy. I'm just swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's unhealthy. You know, right? Whatever. You know. Yeah. Well, and one one last thing. One yes. last thing. It's like and and that, and that, and that awesome thing with Alliance is that if you look at their structure, they try everything. You know, they try the fund structure, they try the DAO structure, they try every single thing, right? You know, they 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 really we dog food crypto. They dog food everything, right? And I really respect that. We're you know? builders, we just try shit. We just launched our, our office like a week ago, literally. Like yeah. we yeah. had an MVP for our, MVP. our founders really? for this badge. Yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's very cool. if you look at it, there's really nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> Which is exactly yeah. how it should be. Yeah. No, 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 precisely. And, and, Otherwise I'd be worried, like yeah. it's super factored. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's, it's great because if you if you look at other investors, right? They don't really degen. So in summary, I think my pitch is that they don't my, my pitch for Alliance is that I think if you look, they, they degen, they trash it out. Um, everything that you are doing, including NFT or degen or whatever, they probably do too, you know, right? And 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 I was on the leaf here. I was I was getting coffee in Ren, and he was just pitching me non fucking stop about a, a new uh, his portfolio company. Right, <laughs> I was getting annoyed. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? But <laughs> he showed up Sorry, with his hat. No, but it was it was great. I'm like, wow, this guy is fucking passionate. Holy shit! I, I just you know, right? you know, I'm passionate. Yeah, love I mean, the game. Uh, I love, love the game. The game. It's great. Yeah. And, 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 and like when Tensor was coming out, I was like, I was telling everybody, you got to try out Tensor. You got to try out Tensor. Jupiter, Matora, whatever, Mercurio. Just go. Nice. This is what do we do. Nah, I love that. It's great. Yeah. yeah. That's all. All right. Happy Valentine's, everybody. All right. Happy Valentine's we'll catch Day. you guys soon. Thanks for you guys. Happy Valentine's. Thanks for the fun recording. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Good Game. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next week.